Welcome to Awaken the Dawn with Apostle Dr. Patience O.T. Awaken the Dawn is a ministry of Shekinah Ministries through the Tribe Prayer Line, which meets every morning, 365 days per year, with the purpose of reading the entire Bible in one year. Please listen to this excerpt and be blessed. excited about these three days, 29th, 30th, and 31st of May. If you are not, I am. I'm excited for what God is going to do in our midst. I'm excited that this is the Pentecost weekend, and God is setting us apart, that the Spirit of God will take over completely. Praise the Lord. Let me go straight to the reading then we could do some praying before we leave this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's start from Proverbs 16. Then we'll walk our way down. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. You know, there's a way that God deals with us. The prayer and fasting we're going into today, I named it when the Spirit comes. And we know that when the Spirit comes, there are a lot of things that will happen. Many things will happen when the Spirit comes. But one of the things that must happen is that He will lead us into the works of righteousness. Already we've called Him holy. And when you are thinking of the Holy Spirit, one thing He will not mess with is sin. One thing that He will not allow is what? Sin. And Proverbs is talking about better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. And I want righteousness here to represent everything that is right. I want righteousness here to represent God's righteous standard. Anything that is below his standard will not be our portion. God's righteous standard. And actually... This should be our first prayer and this fast, inviting the spirit of righteousness to take over, the spirit of holiness to take over. The word of God says that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avalates much. So we can fast for three days, pray anything we want to pray. If righteousness is not there, if we're not walking in holiness, The Holy Spirit will not be with us. Why don't I keep this to the end? And we'll talk about what we are praying for today. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his step. You make the planning. You hand it over to God. But the steps are ordered by God. You are not alone. You are not on your own. The God of heaven will order your step. Psalm 119, verse 101. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. We're still talking about the same righteousness, that you are going to put into practice everything that God has taught you. And by doing that, you'll be walking in the path of righteousness. How sweet are your words to my test, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I get understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. 
I have taken a note and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous law. <laughs> God, you're awesome. It's like we're just talking about this righteousness all over the scripture this morning. I don't know if you know anything about scripture union. This is an organization that taught us to have quiet time every morning. This is the organization that produced, I think they still produce the daily bread, no, the daily guide. They'll give you a scripture to read each day, and they will explain it for you. And they'll help you go through the scriptures at least once each year. Their main, their motto, their scripture, the scripture of the scripture union is Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And I plead with you, all tribe members, let the word become the lamp. Let the word lighten our path. Let the word of God lighten our path. John chapter 18 is talking about the arrest of Jesus Christ. You cannot arrest your creator. Jesus had been with them, walked with them. They could not even touch him. He had a passing through anointing. Nobody could do anything to him. I want you to understand that what is happening in John 18 is that Jesus submitted himself to them. That's why it's easy for you to say that nobody killed him. He gave his life. How can you kill that which cannot die? Jesus gave his life. Imagine people coming to arrest you and, they are, and you tell them I'm he. Then they will fall to the ground. He was carrying so much power that the only reason they could take him was because he surrendered himself. Simon Peter thought it was battle of flesh. He pulled his sword. He caught the right ear of Marcus. Jesus asked him, put your sword away. That's not what we need at this time. This is not what will cut it. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? I have to drink the cup. I have to drink the cup the Father has given me. If not, he would have sent me legions of angels to guide me. I have given myself. Then from verse 25, the same person that drew the sword was the same person that denied him. It's not easy. Peter denied Jesus. Not once, not twice, thrice. But remember, Christ had already told Peter that he had prayed for him. So this was not a surprise. I can I ask you, why are you there killing yourself? That somebody denied you or somebody deceived you or somebody, you know, didn't stand there for you when it even happened to Jesus himself. Why are you so disappointed? <laughs> if Peter of all people could deny Jesus, why are you so surprised that people you thought could have been there for you are not there for you? Why? I just want to touch one more verse, verse 22. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. I just want you to imagine the type of pain when somebody will strike you on the face, maybe punch your temples or your nose, and all that had to do with the cup that he came to drink. That's why I wonder when people start telling you, oh, there's nothing like hell. Hell, how can God allow the people he created, God that is love, how can he allow us to go to hell? No, he will not do it. If I were you, I'll just take them to John chapter 18 and remind them if he allowed his son to go through this type of disgrace and everything he went through, I want to reassure you that Jesus did not go through Calvary for nothing. 
is for him to save you. And if you don't accept him, you will spend eternity in hell. Let's go to the Old Testament. I know you are beginning to enjoy this book now. You see all these playlists happening. You see all these kids they are doing in the palace. Remember yesterday, we looked at Absalom, and we saw that he fled after killing Ammon. And when he ran away, he went to Geshua, and there he stayed three years, three good years. His father David loved him so much, but it wasn't easy for a king to get up and say, bring back a murderer. Remember, there was a law in Israel. If you kill, you'll be killed. So Joab wanted to help him out. Joab got a woman who pretended to be mourning and came to the king and said some, you know, some nonsense to the king. I'm a widow. My husband is dead. My son, one of them, killed the other one. And now they also want to take the one that is alive so I'll become, you know, I won't have any of them. What was he trying to prove? He was just trying to appeal to the mercy of David. And then the bottom line was, if David will pardon this man, David should also pardon his own son. But David was very wise. David knew where this was coming from. Immediately, David understood this. He asked the woman, were you with Joab? Did Joab do anything or tell you anything? He knew where it was coming from. So David decided to pardon his son. And he asked his son to come back. I want you to watch this. Verse 19, the king asked, Isn't the hand of Joab with you in all this? <laughs> the woman answered, As surely as you leave, my Lord, the king, no one can turn to the right or to the left from anything. From anything, my Lord, the king says, Yes, it was your servant, Joab, who instructed me to do this. And who put all these words into my, the mouth of your servant? Your servant Joab did this to change the present situation. My Lord has wisdom like that of an angel of God. He knows everything that happens in the land. The king said to Joab, very well, I will do it. Go bring back the young man, Absalom. Are you still with me? Absalom, who was exiled, they were to bring him back. Then Joab went to Geshua and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. Oh, my God. Wake up if you are sleeping. You have a lesson to learn this morning. Wake up. He went all the way to Geshur, brought back Absalom. But what did he do? He sent Absalom to his own house. He must not see the face of the king. He brought Absalom back, and he sent him to his own house. He will not see the face of the king. I want you to understand this. It's one thing to call yourself a Christian. It's another thing to have access to the face of God. You cannot just be in the church. You cannot just be a member of the tribe. You cannot just be answering a Christian name. You cannot just be confirmed and confused. What you need is to have a personal relationship with God. You cannot just come back and go to your house without seeing the face of the king. And when we read the scriptures, it's flying over your head. You don't even understand what they are talking about. You don't know whether they are coming or going. You don't understand the word. But yet, you are waking up every morning. You are just like Absalom. You come back home. But yet, you cannot see the king. I want to show you something. 
Absalom knew he needed to see the king. Absalom knew it didn't mean anything for him to be back when there's no relationship between him and his father. So he sent for Joab. He sent for the same man that brought him back. And he was calling him to ask him, why did you bring me back if you will not allow me to see the king? He was asking, why did you do half of the job? Why did you bring me home but you're not allowing me to see the king? He sent for Joab. And Joab was too busy to answer him. He called him a second time. Joab did not come to him. Let me tell you what Absalom did. Please, 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 mark it in your Bible. Mark it. I want to show you what Absalom did in Second Samuel chapter 14, verse 30. Then he said to his servants, Look, Joab's field is next to mine, and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. You know, I've done a, a series on that. I've done a series on set Joab's field on fire. I've done a series on set Joab's field on fire. And what was I talking about? Desperate need requires desperate action. And we're talking about some of the ways you can set Joab's field on fire. You are looking for Joab's attention, and Joab didn't want to answer you. Then you set his feet on fire. Joab came running to Absalom. What's the meaning of this? I heard your voice set my field on fire, my body field. Why will you do that? And Absalom said to Joab, look, I sent word to you and said, come here so I can send you to the king to ask, why have I come back from Geshur? It would be better for me if I were still there. Now then, I want to see the king's face. And if I'm guilty of anything, let him put me to death. So Joab went to the king and told him this. Then the king summoned Absalom, and he came in and bowed down with his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. Woo! I wish I had an hour. I would have unpacked these scriptures for us this morning. I want you to listen. There are so many ways to set Joab's field on fire. And one of those ways is to fast and pray. You've been thinking about this thing. You've been wishing that things will shift. You've been desiring that it will change. And nothing is happening. For the next three days, we're going to set Joab's field on fire. And when we do, it has a way of bringing us before the king. And the king will kiss us. So, so what happened in this chapter? But I'd rather lump everything under one teaching, the mistakes of Absalom. This was a 45-minute sermon that I could just run through it for you in five minutes. You know the meaning of the name Absalom. Absalom means the father of peace. But this particular Absalom, his life was a far cry from his name. Absalom was very popular by his extraordinary beauty. His greatest admiration was his hair. Absalom had leadership qualities. Absalom was well loved by his father and his community. Absalom made so many mistakes that cut his life short. On one hand, Absalom had a perfect body. He was handsome, charming. He was eloquent, dignified. But on the other hand, 
He was murderous, merciless, godless, self-centered. Absalom was the third son of David, and he refused to wait on the perfect will of God for his life. Things happen in life, but God will always make all things work together for good for you. Romans 8.28 Absalom was very revengeful. Yesterday we saw he killed his brother, Ammon, after two long years. He violated his sister. Absalom was impatient. Absalom was proud. Absalom used manipulation. And finally, Absalom was rebellious. And my prayer is that we will not read all this and still have the same vices in our lives. So I want you to take down four things of Absalom. I want to give you scriptures to support them. We may not read all the scriptures this morning. Just take them down. Absalom believed in vengeance, and I've already told you that God said that vengeance is his. Second Samuel 13, verse 32. Deuteronomy 32, 35a. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30. Absalom was impatient. He couldn't wait to see if he'll be the one that God will give the throne. Micah 7-7, seven, seven. Proverbs 18-12, Hosea 12-6. What Absalom used was manipulation, and that's what we read today. In 2 Kings 15, 4 and 6, from verse 4 straight to verse 6. And Absalom would ask, if only I were appointed judge in the land, then everyone who has a complaint or case, could come to me, and I will see that he gets justice. Also, whenever anyone approached him to bow down before him, Absalom will reach out to his hand, will reach out his hand and take hold of him and kiss him. Absalom behaved in this way toward all the Israelites who came to the king asking for justice, and so he stole the hearts of men of Israel. You call that what? Manipulation. People are coming to see the king. Absalom will stand on the wall and say, what's the problem? Why are you going to see that old man? Oh, you see this man tried to tell my, take my land that was next to his. He has already done this and that. Absalom will tell him, ah, I wish you were a king. This one wouldn't even require sitting down. I would have just asked you to go back and take your land. Manipulations. Then finally, the last straw, rebellion. When he now took people to go and make himself king, it's in the same first Samuel 15, verse 23. When he now decided they were going to crown him king, he took people, Israelites, who didn't even know what they were going for, though some of them knew. Maybe another day I'll tell you a little about this man called Ahithophel. Verse 12, when Absalom was offering sacrifices, he also sent for Ahithophel, the Gileonite. Ahithophel was a man that was full of wisdom. When Ahithophel spoke, woo, you don't even second-guess it. Do you know that when Absalom was going to be crowned king, he took Ahithophel? But one thing you don't know is that Ahithophel has relationship with Beersheba. I'll, I'll teach you that another day. And maybe Ahithophel never forgave David 
for his relationship with Bathsheba. Maybe Ahithophel never forgave David for killing Uriah. Nobody knew. You can't tell me why you just turn around and follow Absalom. But that will be a lesson for another day. But let's learn from the mistakes of Absalom. Vengeance, impatience, manipulation, rebellion in one man. One man that had a perfect body. One man that was handsome, charming, eloquent, dignified, everything good. Yet he had all these vices. And what did that do for him? It cut his life short. Anywhere you like to put it, I want to say that sin kills. This may not be your own vices, but whatever they are, sin kills. Father, we thank you for the Bible, that it has the good, the bad, the ugly. Father, we thank you that we can learn from the mistakes of Absalom. Father, help us this morning to make use of what you are teaching us in our lives, even in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We've come to the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Apostle OT and this ministry, please visit www.drpatienceot.com. Again, that's www.drpatienceot.com. Do you have a desire to read the entire Bible but have never been able to do so? If so, please join the Tribe Prayer Line every day from 4.30 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to read and listen as portions of the Bible are read and expounded upon daily. Call 515-604-9731, access code 582-077. Again, that's 515-604-9731, access code 582-077.